All right, so we're going to be starting uh, a new study. So junior high, you guys are only going to be in here probably this week, so you're not going to get much of it, but hopefully it's still something that uh, you can get from it. So we're starting a study on the book of Joshua, uh, but I wanted to start, have you guys turn to Exodus first, So because uh, I want to kind of give you a, like a lead-in to the book of, of Joshua. So anybody know who the main character in the book of Joshua might be? Yeah, who wrote the book of Joshua? Joshua, great job. <laughs> so uh, it's it's really the story of God leading uh, his people into the promised land. That's what happens in the book of Joshua. And so the first several chapters is where they're fighting battles and they're taking um, they're taking the land from the enemy. And then kind of the middle to the end of the book is talking a lot about which tribes get which part of the of the uh, country. We'll we'll get into all that as we go through the book. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk about, so it's we call it the promised land, right? It's the land that was promised to the Israelites. Um, and there's a lot of things we can take from the book of Joshua and, and Joshua as a person um, and apply it in our life. So uh, anybody know what the word Joshua means? Nobody? First two questions were really easy. This one's a little more difficult. Does anybody know what the word Joshua... So Joshua is in Hebrew. Anybody know what Joshua is in Greek? You don't have to to look it up. Is it Yeshua? Yeah, it's Jesus. Joshua in... So in Hebrew, it's Joshua. In, In Greek, it's Jesus. So there's actually one place in the book of Acts where it's talking about Joshua from the Old Testament, um, and it says Jesus, because in in, uh, in Greek it's the same, it, it is the same as, as Jesus. So he's a he's definitely a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, he's a picture of a Christian. He, there's a lot of pictures um, in Joshua's life. His name means Jehovah is salvation. Um, the book was written about 3,400 to 3,500 years ago. So this book is almost 4,000 years old. Um, but there's still so much that we can apply from it, so many different things that we can uh, get from it that, that are still applicable to our lives now. And um, we'll look at a lot of those different things. But um, for most of the book of Joshua, uh, and really even some of, some of the book of Exodus, uh, we see Joshua as like a mighty man of war. And so a lot of times when we think of like warriors in the Bible, who's the first warrior you think of when you think of the Bible? People from the Bible? David, that's, yeah, David's probably maybe the most famous one. Gideon would be one. Um, David had his mighty men of valor, so uh, some of their names are listed, some of them aren't. Um, Mitch Newland's favorite is, anybody know Mitch Newland's favorite? Some of you guys that are like in sixth grade, you guys should know this. He talks about him, not often, but. Shamgar, does that name sound familiar? I think his name is only mentioned like once or twice in the whole Bible, but. Uh, but Mitch really liked Shamgar. That was one of the mighty men of valor. So there's a lot of warriors in the Bible um, that when we think of mighty men, I don't know that you necessarily would think of Joshua first, but uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of cool things about him uh, when it comes to being a man of war. And so um, so I'm going to read, I meant to go to Joshua myself. The very first, the way that the book of Joshua opens, listen to the first verse of Joshua. It says, Now after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, 
And then it goes on, which we'll read more of it here in just a minute. But uh, the book opens and it says, now after the death of Moses. And so um, really, like in the book of Genesis, there's a lot of maybe kind of main characters, right? I mean, it starts out with Adam and Eve. Adam is like the main character to start with, right? Just for the first couple of chapters. And then you get into Noah, right? And then a few chapters later, you get Abraham. And then you get Isaac and you get Jacob and you get, then you get his 12 sons and really kind of focuses on Joseph, right? For the last half of the book of Genesis. But then by the time you get to Exodus, so for Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, who's the main character in the Bible for those four books? Moses, right? I mean, like God speaks to Moses at the beginning of the book of Exodus uh, from the burning bush. Remember, he, and he tells him, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to uh, tell him to let my people go. Brian's been preaching on that for uh, the last few months. And so Moses becomes the key guy, the key figure, and he's the one that leads them out of uh, out of Egypt, out of bondage. And uh, he leads them through the Red Sea. He leads them in the wilderness and all those all the different things that happened during that 40 years. And then ultimately, right before they get to the end, right before they're getting ready to go into the promised land, um, you know, Moses sins and God says, hey, because of that, I can't let you enter the promised land. The, the land that Moses had been leading these people to for 40 years, God tells him, hey, you're not going to make it to the very end. Like, you're going to die before you cross it. So he does allow Moses to see the promised land. Like, he, he's able to, he dies up on kind of a mountaintop and he can see the promised land uh, that he'd been kind of leading his people to. But uh, right shortly before he dies, he he passes the leadership. Huh? Yeah, that happened earlier. But yes, that did happen in the wilderness. Um, but right before, shortly before he dies, he passes leadership of the nation of Israel to Joshua. And we'll look at a little bit of that um, here in a minute. Uh, but I want you guys to think about, so as we get into Exodus 17, I want you guys to think about um, like what it would have been like to be Joshua. So anytime I am teaching through a book especially, or um, even just any kind of a message, I feel like it's helpful to try and put yourself in the shoes of the person that we're reading about. Because I think a lot of times we read about a person in the Bible and we think, um, I don't know that we, like, we don't think that that person's not real. Because I think all of us would say we believe what the Bible says. So when it says, you know, all this stuff about Joshua, I think we believe that what it says is true. But I feel like with a lot of historical figures, even non-biblical figures, sometimes we look at them as like, almost like they didn't exist. You know, like, it's almost like a story that we're reading. You can do that with, uh, like, a lot of figures throughout history. But I think it's helpful to try to put yourself in their position. Like, try to think about what it would have been like. Like, Joshua was a real guy that really lived. Uh, We know a lot about his life. Um, And so, if we try to, like, put ourselves in his position. So, Joshua was born in Egypt. Okay, he was born into slavery. Okay, so just... I mean, I don't know that any of us can really fully imagine what that would be like, but just think about this guy was born in Egypt as a slave. He lived his entire childhood as a slave. One day Moses shows up and is like trying to tell Pharaoh to let the people go. Okay, so if you were a slave, if you were an Israelite who was a slave in Egypt and somebody comes up, comes in and they're trying to convince the king to let you go, right, right? that would be somebody that you would automatically kind of be drawn to or kind of like want to follow, right? This guy's trying to free us from the captivity that we've been in my whole life. For Like for Joshua, his whole life had been in captivity uh, to that point. And then uh, Moses starts doing all these miracles. Like Pastor Brian's been talking about it for the last few months. 
he's he's doing these miracles, right? He's turning water into blood, uh, the frogs and the flies and the locusts and all these different things, right? And the first couple affected uh, Israel and Egypt both. Uh, but then like the last several really just affected Egypt, right? And so uh, all these miraculous things are happening. And as, as an Israelite, uh, I would think that that would be kind of exciting for like to see those things firsthand. Some of those um, miracles that we read about to be there and and be experiencing those things and be on like the winning side of that, right? Like all of this bad stuff is happening to these people. Uh, you know, these guys, these Israelites are getting whipped and beaten and working and working and working all the time, right? And then for them to be able to see, hey, look at what's happening to those people who have been like beating us and whipping us and torturing us and, and making us build their, their stuff for them, right? God is doing something and, and like as a person, it would feel like, Finally, you know, I, I've been wanting to do that to that person this whole time that he's been doing that to me, you know, like to see like God coming in and, and beginning to deliver them from captivity. Um, Joshua was experiencing that. Right. I mean, I can imagine like him going home at the end of the day and him and his family sitting around and talking about, isn't this awesome? Like this guy, Moses, uh, he's he's actually going to do it. Like we've been talking about how great it would be to get out of captivity uh, my whole life, right? We've been talking about this. We've been dreaming about this. This guy, Moses, might actually do it, right? I think God is with this guy. Um, look at all these things he's doing. And then finally, then the Passover comes and they're like, dude, this is, this is going to be it. Like we, if we put these, the blood on our doorposts and we do all these things, the Passover, uh, you know, all these people are going to die. They're finally going to let us go. Like he's been saying he's going to let us go, but finally it's going to happen. So then they get, they get freed from Egypt. Okay. So Joshua's in this, you know, group of, I don't know, a million Jewish people that get freed from Egypt and they're on the run, right? They're, they're finally kind of let go, but then, uh, Pharaoh and his army start pursuing them and they get to the Red Sea and they're like, you know, a lot of them are griping at Moses, like Moses, did you just bring us out here to the wilderness to let us die? Uh, I don't know if Joshua was one of those or if he was like, you know, God's got this. I, I don't know. Cause it, the Bible doesn't tell us, um, but, you know, just think about like how exciting it would have been, how scary it would have been like they're they're on the run and their back is up to, you know, up against the mountains. Their front is up against this um, this ocean, almost the sea. And, you know, then the enemy's coming in like they just got away from them. Every, they thought everything was going to be so great. Think about how like um, excited you would be like finally it's happened. And now all of a sudden, like the letdown of you see him coming and you're like we're going back and it's going to be even worse now because now we've done all this, you know, God's done all this stuff to them. And now it's just going to be worse for us. And, you know, the, the letdown, the, like the roller coaster of emotions that you would have been on. And then all of a sudden Moses gets out his staff and he like holds it over the water and the, like the sea parts. And Joshua was one of the people who gets to walk across on the dry land. And like, I mean the, again, the roller coaster, now you're on a, like super hot. You're like, man, I thought we were going to die or we were going to be taken back and it was going to be worse. And now the water's been parted. Now we're walking across. Look at the water on this side. Look at all these fish over here. Like they're walking through on dry land. They get across, they turn around and look and the water crashes down and kills, uh, you know, Pharaoh and all of his armies. They sing this song. They're all excited. So Joshua is experiencing all of this. He's probably in like his, you know, twenties, maybe his thirties. Uh, he's an adult by this point. Um, but, he would have experienced all these different emotions, all these different miraculous things. He saw God do like the things that we talk about, like look at, look at all the things that God did. 
Like Joshua was there. He saw it uh, firsthand along with, you know, a million other people. Um, but he was one of those guys. So I think a lot of times when we read the book of Joshua, we just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of think, oh, Joshua just shows up in Joshua chapter 1 and he's in charge. And it's like, no, this guy was a kid at one point. He was a teenager. He was a young adult. He was an adult. Uh, you know, he did a lot of these things. He was part of um, them being being freed from from Egypt. And so they would he would have been there. So right after they get uh, across the Red Sea, you know, they're all excited. They're singing this song. They're, you know, they're so glad that God's delivered them. And then like the next day or two days later, they're like, Moses, we don't have any water. You didn't bring any water with us. We're in the desert. You know, like there's nothing to drink. Did you just bring us out here to kill us? You know, and then, of course, God provides water. And it's like, wow, God can provide water in the midst of the in, in the midst of the desert. And then, you know, a couple of days go by and they're like, Moses, we don't got any food, man. All of our food's old now. Like, what are we supposed to do for food? And so God starts providing manna, right? Every morning, manna is like falling from the sky. And all they got to do is go out and collect it, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but like over and over again, God delivers with food. He brings water. He, uh, you know, Moses uh, speaks to the rock and or he hits the, he hits the rock and water comes out of the rock. And it's like, what what the heck is happening? He's he's there for all of that stuff. So the very first time uh, that Joshua's name shows up in the Bible is jo- or Exodus 17, verse 9. Uh, but the first seven verses of that chapter, of Exodus chapter 17, uh, is the story of them getting water from the rock. So I'm going to read uh, just a little bit of it. It says in verse 1, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, uh, according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, why chide ye with me? Wherefore did ye tempt the, do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water and the people murmured against Moses and said, wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Uh, I don't know how many times they say that, but they say that to Moses a lot. They're like, did you just bring us out of the out of Egypt to kill us? It would have been better if we died in Egypt than to come out here and die because we don't have food or die because we don't have water. Uh, they are constantly bringing this back up to Moses. Uh, ultimately, this kind of gets to the point at the end where uh, Moses hits the rock when he's supposed to speak to the rock, and that's why he's not able to enter into the promised land. But uh, these people are just constantly ungrateful about what... I mean, they, they've witnessed all these miraculous things, and... And by this point, I do think, uh, and we'll look at it just a second. By this point, I definitely do think Joshua is one. Uh, he's not one of the ones complaining, right? I mean, it's not everyone that's doing that. Uh, and we'll see here in just a minute that he's uh, he's already kind of a leader in, in Israel. So I don't think he's one of the ones that is uh, griping about this. But uh, they spend a lot of time. I mean, having I want you to think about just if you had just witnessed all these miraculous plagues of Egypt and God had delivered you and you walked through dry land and all of this stuff happened. And then you complain about water, which I get it. But then God provides water. And then you complain about food and God provides food. Like, and also they came out of captivity where they were made to work all the time and treated terribly. But at least they had food and water. And right. suddenly they're in the wilderness with nothing to do except move their stuff around. Yeah. Notice all the stuff they don't have. I never thought about that either. Yeah. They gripe a lot. Um, but, I mean... At this point, it seems like they would know, hey, God's going God's to gonna give us water. Like, obviously, God didn't go through all of that deliverance just to bring us to the point where he's going to let us die of thirst in the wilderness. Like, 
obviously that's not God's plan for this. Uh, but you know, they kind of get caught up in their emotions and they're they're hungry and they're you know griping about it. Anyway, so he gets some water out of the rock, but then in verse uh, eight is uh, right where we. So that, after verse seven, um, you know, they're done with getting this water out of the rock. Verse eight says, "Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim." And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out of remembrance of put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord hath uh, sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek for generation to generation. Okay, so he, he goes, Moses goes to Joshua, uh, you know, so just like, I don't know, I think about Moses as like this amazing guy, you know, this, this godly man, the leader of the nation of Israel. He goes personally and talks to Joshua and says, hey, get us some men that we can go fight. Like, we're about to get attacked. Um, get some men together and go out to fight, right? So Joshua already is in some kind of a leadership role, right? I mean, Moses isn't just going to everyone in the in the nation of Israel, every guy, and telling them, hey, get some guys together and go fight. Like, he's, he's telling Joshua as the commander of an army, like, hey, gather up the army and go out and fight. And then uh, Moses and Aaron and Hur go up on this on top of the hill where they can see the battle happening, right? And when Moses is holding up his hands, the Israelites are winning, and his arms get tired, and he puts his hands down, and then the enemy starts winning, right? So then they get him a they get him a rock to sit on, and the other two guys just hold up his arms, right? So they're because he just can't hold them up all you know all for this whole battle, and so they come and they hold his arms up, and they win, right? The Israelites win this battle, um, but Joshua is one of the ones that's in the trenches fighting this battle. Okay. So this is the first time we see him, uh, where he's, <clears throat> where he's actually, you know, showing himself to be a mighty man of war. So he's a commander of some sort, cause that's who he, that's who Moses goes to. Uh, and then he's actually down in the battle and he's fighting. Um, and then flip over to numbers chapter 13. So we're not going to look at obviously the whole story of Joshua. We'd have to go through all of these books to look at all the different uh, times that he shows up. So we're not going to do all of that. But um, but Numbers chapter 13 is another kind of a, a key moment in in Joshua's life. And so in verse uh, one of Numbers chapter 13 it says, "And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send God bless you." Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers. Shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel and their names. uh, And these were their names. And so he lists off all these different. So one person from each of the 12 tribes. uh, He wants a leader from each of the tribe. um, And that's that's who he he wants to send in to like search the land to be the spy 
uh, into the promised land to kind of scout it out and see what they're going to be facing when they get there. Okay, and if you look at verse um, 8 of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshea, the son of Nun, and then if you skip down to verse... Um, Verse 16, these are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshea, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. Okay, so uh, that guy in verse 8, Oshea, that's Joshua. And uh, it says Moses calls him Jehoshua. Anyways, so Joshua is one of the 12 guys, right? And what happens with the 12 guys, people who are... Um, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Sunday school kids. Kids who have been in Sunday school, what happens with the 12, tri- the 12 spies that go in? Um, they go into the land. Uh-huh. They find, they see that the, the men are almost giants. Mm-hmm. And they're all scared, saying, no, we can't go in because they're giants. Are they all scared? But no, only, only, only two aren't. One of them is Caleb and Joshua. Yeah. So, yeah, ten of them come back and they're like, we can't, we cannot do this. Right? There's giants there. You don't understand. They have. They live in these cities that have these giant walls. There's no way we can breach them. Like we we cannot take it. Uh, we're we're afraid to go in and do that. Let's not. Okay. And then, but Joshua and Caleb are like, no, 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 no. We can. God said He's going to deliver them. Yeah. There's some giants there. Yes. There are some cities. Like they, you know, they would confirm the same things. They saw the same things, right? But they're like, who cares, right? These these we have God. We just got delivered from Egypt, right? The like one of the strongest nations in the world at that time. Obviously, God can, can deliver this and get, deliver these people um, into our hand. And so uh, you see it really throughout these books in the wilderness where, uh, you know, when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to get the, the Ten Commandments, right? Joshua goes part of the way up with him. Now, Moses goes up all the way by himself, but, but Joshua is not with the people whenever Aaron builds them the golden calf like you were talking about. Like Joshua's not there for that. Joshua's halfway up the mountain. He's he's gone, you know, halfway with with Moses. So Joshua is really kind of like side by side with Moses through a lot of their time in the wilderness. Um, all right, I want you to flip over to Deuteronomy. So we're just kind of working our way through uh, kind of a couple highlights of Joshua's life. Joshua, or not, it's not Joshua. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one. The woman who helped who the spies in Jericho be a giant as well. What? Of Rahab, the woman who helped who helped the spies. Was she a giant? Yeah, like the rest of them. No, I don't. I don't think so. Not not everybody. Not everybody was giants in the land, but there were giants in the land. (laughs) Not everybody. No, no. (laughs) All right. So Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one, verse uh, twenty-three. So this is kind of at the very end of Moses's life. Um, so the book of Deuteronomy, he, he'll die here in just a minute. We'll look at it. Uh, but so kind of right before he dies, uh, Deuteronomy 31 verse 23 says, um, and he, that's Moses gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge and said, be strong and of a good courage for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land, which I swear unto them. And I will be with thee. Okay. So Moses like is passing the torch to Joshua. Okay. So he's been discipling for, you know, our, for terms for that we recognize he's been training up and discipling Joshua this whole time, right? Probably shortly after they crossed the Red Sea, maybe even before then, maybe Joshua was one of the guys that was like 
going door to door before the Passover, like reminding everyone, hey, make sure you do the lamb thing. Make sure you put the blood out. Don't forget tonight's the night, right? The, the Passover, the angels coming, right? Put the, put, put your blood up, do all your stuff, you know, and then whenever the angel comes through and they're like ready to go, I mean, they have to have some people like in the streets, like go this way, go this way, you know, grab, don't grab all your stuff, you know, leave that, leave that behind. Just what you can carry. Come on, like, let's go, let's go. Like Joshua maybe was one of those guys. I don't know. But somewhere fairly early on, Joshua got himself into a, a leadership role because Moses began to trust him, uh, just like we saw with the, with the battle, right? Maybe he was a leader already as a slave, right? I mean, maybe, maybe he was already a leader, um, of some people in Israel. It said that he was a, he was one of the 12 spies, which was a ruler of, uh, his tribe. So I don't know exactly at what point that happened, but, uh, somewhere along the line, Joshua got put into this leadership role and Moses began to trust him and give him some responsibility and he obeyed and he fulfilled, you know, he, he like did what Moses told him to do. Um, and God kept bringing you know, like deliverance to these different battles and things. And so, uh, you know, so Joshua got closer and closer and they, um, Moses really trained him all the way up until right before Moses dies. He says, okay, you're going to be the one to lead him into the promised land. I can't do it. God's already told me I'm dying before I cross because of what I did in the wilderness. Look at all of the things I did. Don't make the mistake I did, right? Listen to God, be strong, be of a good courage. You're going to be the one to lead them in. Okay. And then, uh, chapter 34 of Deuteronomy verse, uh, nine <coughs> says then Josh. So Moses dies. Uh, I guess we can read that. Uh, it says in verse five, chapter 34, verse five. So Moses, the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley, uh, in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth, uh, of his sepulcher unto this day. So God buried Moses, which is kind of cool. Um, and nobody knows exactly where, where he was buried. Uh, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. Like So even at 120 years old, uh, he still had vision. He still had his strength. Like God had really preserved him um, <coughs> until the end. So he didn't die of old age. Like He died because God told him, hey, what you did wasn't cool there. Uh, and the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And then in verse 9, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, and all the signs and the wonders uh, which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all his land, and in all that mighty hand, and in the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of Israel. So it's, you know, kind of, it's, it's writing Moses off, right? Moses is gone and the, the full burden and the full responsibility of leading Israel, uh, falls to Joshua. So, uh, for Joshua, again, if you put yourself in his position, uh, you know, we all know that like none of us is going to live forever. Now, like spiritually, we're all going to live forever if you're saved, but like physically, we're not going to live forever, right? So Joshua knows that Moses is not going to live forever. Uh, so all these things when he's training them up though, he's not thinking like, Hey, I'm going to be the one taking over and leading the people into the promised land until the time that, that Moses hits the rock. He's supposed to speak to the rock, uh, and he hits the rock and, and that's a big picture of, of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to get into all that, but, uh, that's why Moses is not allowed to go in. So, I mean, I'm guessing at some point Moses goes to Joshua and he's like, 
listen, hey, you know how I hit the rock earlier today? And Josh was like, yeah, it was cool. The water came out and everything. And he was like, no, it wasn't cool. Uh, because I did that, God's not going to let me lead the people into the promised land. And Josh was like, no, surely not. We're this close. Like, we're almost there. Like, definitely you're going to be the guy. And Moses got to be like, no, listen, you're going to have to do it, I think. So God said, I'm not going to make it in. Uh, I've been investing in you this whole time. Like you, you can do this. Like you can, and I mean, I'm guessing this is me speculating. Not, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but if you were Joshua, just think about like, part of you would be like, no, like you're you're like, I'm I'm following you. Like, how am I supposed to be the one leading uh, these people in? You're supposed to do that. Like you're the one that delivered us. It only makes sense that you would bring us into the promised land. I'll do whatever you want, but I'm not, surely I'm not the, the right person for this. Um, and, and Moses, you know, then right before he dies, tells him like, no, I'm, I'm passing the torch to you. You're going to be the guy, be strong, be of good courage. Like, like God's going to be with you. Um, you know, you you can handle this. And then he dies and 30 days they mourn. And then the people look at Joshua and they're like, uh, Moses said we should follow you. Uh, seems like God is the one leading you. So we're going to follow you. What are we supposed to do? Okay, that's literally how the book of Deuteronomy ends. Um, and then Joshua starts, and I already read verse 1, but turn to Joshua 1. <clears throat> it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying... And so God gives him kind of this charge. And uh, I was planning on reading this. Let's read the whole chapter. It's only uh, 18 verses. There's plenty of you guys in here. All right, Oliver, you're going to start in verse 2, and then Jackson, verse 3, and then we'll go across this row right here. And then, do you guys want to read? You don't want to read. Okay. And then Juju starts in verse whatever, wherever she ends, and then go back that way. All right, Oliver, start in verse 2. Okay. Read loud. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. Sorry, real fast before you keep reading. Pay attention to the verses that are being read and try to pick up on anything that you hear repeated or like a theme of what's going on in this first chapter. <coughs> what? You don't? No. This is God talking to Joshua. Yes. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And there shall not be any man be able to stand here before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not be. Be strong and of good, of a good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the, their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book is the book of the world that shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein and day, and thou shalt mayest observe to be according to all that is written therein. For thou never shalt be made prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. 
upright, humanity, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whether oh, whithersoever thou goest. And also humanity also to put people No, it's Elias. Eleven. Eleven, Elias. You go and then work their way back. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to half the tribes of Manasseh, they was Joshua the same. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you his land. The wise your little ones and your cattle. Charlemagne. Shall remain in the land which Moses gave on this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before you, brethren, on all the mighty men of valor and help them. Yeah, you're 15. Joshua 1 15. Until the Lord hath given you brethren rest, as he hath given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord, which the Lord your God giveth them, then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on the side of Jordan toward the sun rain. Alright, you wanna finish it out, Nick? Let's read those last three. Yeah. And they answered Joshua saying, All that thou commandest. <coughs> us we will do and whither so yeah whithersoever thou sendest us we will go according as we hearken unto Moses in all things so will we hearken unto thee only the Lord thy God will be with thee as he was with Moses whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him he shall put death only be strong and of good courage. Alright. Anybody notice anything that stands out to you as far as what might be a theme or something that's being repeated in that chapter? Be strong and of good courage. It shows up in verse 6, be strong and of a good courage. Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, be strong and of a good courage. And then again in the last verse in verse 18, only be strong and of a good courage. So uh, next week we'll really start like digging into that chapter a little bit more, but uh, like God is reminding him. Now, I, I don't know exactly why God repeated himself four different times uh, saying, yeah, okay. I don't know why God is repeating it over and over and why Joshua is repeating it over and over other than these guys are afraid, right? They're literally going to go in and fight giants in these big walled cities and they're afraid of that, right? Like, but God's reminding them, 
hey, be strong and have a good courage. Like, I'm with you. God is with them. And um, so just think about that chapter. Uh, You can read it again this week if you want. Uh, But we'll, we'll like, dive into chapter 1. But uh, I really want to kind of give a background as, like, before we get into Joshua, kind of about all of what's going on and what, like, led to uh, this point in the book of Joshua. So does anybody have any questions about that? Or comments or concerns? Other than that they missed the Chiefs game. Maybe. All right, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this morning. God, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you for the story of Joshua and just the the pictures and things that we can learn. God, I pray for this uh, study that we're starting on on the book of Joshua. God, I pray that you would just help us to be able to identify things from a book that was written um, over 3,000 years ago, God. And and uh, the words on the page are still uh, just as fresh and just as um, applicable to our lives as they were the day that you wrote them. And I just thank you, God, for the the historical uh, recording of this book. But more importantly, God, just the, the the ways that we can apply the life of Joshua to our own lives, whether we're leaders or not leaders. Uh, God, there's just so much that is in this book um, and in this guy's life, God, that we can that we can take and pull out uh, just as Christians. And so I just. I uh, pray your blessing on our study. I pray your blessing on Pastor Brian as he's getting ready to preach to us out of the book of Exodus. And uh, God, I just ask that you would uh, be with the Mammoth team as they um, labor this week. I pray that you would just give them strength, give them rest when they need it. And uh, God, just be with them as they uh, minister to the kids in, in uh, Mammoth. And just ask your blessing on the rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.